Hello all guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast brought to you on YouTube, on Spotify, on Google, or Apple Podcasts. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. Watched a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob. I haven't watched nearly as much wrestling, but, but let, let, me, let me tell you, I am honored to be here on this momentous of evenings celebrating the culmination of what I feel to be such a unique opportunity, if you will, to have walked through pretty much uh, the entirety, something we don't really do on the show, pretty much the entirety, save for about like nine-ish episodes, of the first season of Lucha Underground. We are here at the precipice, the Ultima Lucha, and this is only like one out of four. We're going to be doing this three more fucking times over the life of this show, but I'm, I'm here. It's a, it's a grand night. We're celebrating gala style. I got, I got the suit looking all fucking fancy with, of course, my beautifully themed luchador shirt underneath. Mm -hmm. I think, I think we're ready to fucking go. You dress like Stryker, I dress like Vampiro. Ha! Fucking true. Literally, Stryker's always got the goddamn sport coat with the t-shirt underneath, and Vampiro's just there in his hoodies or whatever the fuck. Yeah, brother. Yeah, the, the brother, brother, brother. Uh, the, I, I just gotta, I gotta dress, dress down a little bit, brother. Yeah, I've, I've, I've earned my stripes, brother. Yeah. Uh, so, we are finished. Tonight, we finished the season one. The two-hour season one finale. Well, 90 minutes, of course, without ads. That's great Absolutely. how that works, doesn't You'll it? Love to see it. But, the, but the two hour season one finale of Lucha Underground, Ultima Lucha Part Two. Ultima Lucha. Yeah, exciting stuff, my guy. God damn. Part, last time on Ultima Lucha Part One, uh, Cage defeated the Mac uh, after uh, putting him through his head through a cinder block. Smashing his face through a fucking cinder block which is still a spot that i'm very much not over mm -hmm. uh the disciples of death defeated our favorites team fun and dysfunctional to become the trios champions yeah i i'm still i'm so intrigued to see what the fuck that's gonna look like going forward because the disciples of death just don't have a character like they're they're there to just be like creepy lackeys so it's going to be kind of hard to build heat with them because you just got to kind of build heat by proxy through Katrina. So I'm wondering what yeah. that title run is going to look like. Yeah, it's, they are putties that have been given belts. Yeah, and now shiny masks and can what control are we? electricity and are more powerful the longer Katrina holds the rock high above her head. And remarkably, I couldn't tell you the names of who is who in that entire group. Nope. Uh, uh, I, I will remember Barrio Negro. That's the one I will remember. I remember Sinestro de la Muerte. And then there's um, a third one. And neither of us know what the fuck it is. Take, yeah. fucking, fucking take, take your own guess, folks. Fill, fill in the blanks. I'm going to call him Mr. Biscuits. Of course. Uh, and then Drago defeated Hernandez in a strap lumberjack match where the lumberjacks were all fans. Fans who... Again, really need to highlight this. Hernandez specifically told these fans, you better whip the shit out of me with these belts or I will beat the shit out of you. Like, Hernandez was begged to be basically tortured by the by the actual Lucha Underground fans here. The most glorious thing I think I may have ever seen on wrestling TV was that match. Mm -hmm. 
Of course, absolutely. Beautiful time. Uh, and some lore news, because I definitely think I'm going to have to bring this back up, is we get Dario's side of the story on who killed Black Lotus's parents. Uh, yeah. Dario tries to claim that his brother is a murderer and has murdered many, yeah, true. many people. But he's not, very proud of that fact. Of course, he's totally okay with that. Mm-hmm. But not Black Lotus's parents. That was mm. due to some gang dispute related nonsense between their parent, her parents, Black Lotus Triad, and the mur- the gang of uh, headed by Gasp, her mentor, El Dragon Azteca. Oh no! Yeah, again, major press X to doubt on that one, and mm-hmm. for some reason, Black Lotus. Kind of seems to buy that, and I have to really question her intelligence if supreme lying, cheating bastard Mario Cueto? That'd be a very different show. Dario Cueto! A unique opportunity! It's a a unique opportunity! I give you a mushroom, but it's actually a poison mushroom! Um, (laughs) fucking, fucking Dario Cueto uh, is, is a supreme motherfucker, and... I really question what makes Black Lotus believe him, but, uh, you know, okay, there is drama to be had there, especially now that Double Gasp, El Dragon Azteca has slipped into the temple, despite the fact that Triple Gasp, there is a prophecy for some reason, and Puma sent for him for some reason, and if if he's in the temple tonight, he's going to die. The ancient, the ancient Aztec prophecies, of course, suggest that El Dragon Azteca, if he steps into the temple, will die. But he needs to save Black Lotus. So to do so, he's going. He's going in anyway. I bet I'm we're going to sure. get very thorough explanations of those prophecies. I'm sure it's going to go well for him tonight. Oh, oh, he's going to be fine. Nothing to worry about. Prophecies are famously bullshit. Yeah, prophecies are just self-fulfilling nonsense. They fucking true. Dude, like I don't he'll be fine. Yeah, like if I've learned anything about prophecy narratives, it is that trying your damnedest to make them not come true makes them come true even harder. I think El Dragon Azteca is gaming the system here by just shrugging his shoulders and going into the temple anyway because he's just kind of accepting the prophecy and the prophecy who loves all of its weird fucking poetic justice bullshit and like, ah, ha, ha, you tried to avoid me, but I came for you all the same is probably just standing there going, wait, he actually just took the bit. Did he just do that? Oh, fuck. What do I, what do I do here? I mean, I mean, for Dragon, how does Dragon Azteca know this is the temple he dies in? For yeah. all he knows, he could just one day when he's of old, an old age, walk, go to mass on Sunday and just kind of have a heart attack in the pew. That's is... then he could. That could be what they mean by that. My man is rolling the cosmic dice actually by walking into whatever goddamn temple he sees, and he's like, "Is this the one?" Nope. Cool. Walks out. Yeah, we. We have no idea that, th- that this is the temple that he dies in. There are so many questions left unanswered. I think he's going to be fine. Okay, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for actual matches tonight, we already have we have the five set. Uh, we have uh, Johnny Mundo versus Alberto El Patron in this, uh, confused, in this confusing storyline where... Stupid fucking storyline. 
backstage would suggest that Alberto El Patron is an asshole needling. Yeah, Johnny see, Rudo I don't, I don't no believe reason. that. I don't believe that anymore. I don't believe. I think. I think Alberto El Patron is just allowed to get away with whatever the fuck he wants in this. Company. This is where I must put my foot down and say, authorial intent can kiss my ass. Oh no! Outside of authorial intent. El Patron is a supreme bastard both in and out of ring, fuck you. But with authorial intent, I kind of feel like he's allowed to just, supposed to be allowed to just get away with it because he's Alberto goddamn Patron and the audience, like, collectively creams its pants every time he, like, walks anywhere in the temple. When you are, when you are a cultural hero, they let you do it. This is but true, you this already, is true. But you already knew that. But you all... But you already, again, Alberto El Patron with the dumbest and most awkward of pop lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, but you already knew that. Is this, is this your cultural hero? Is this your icon who can do no wrong? How does it feel to just be objectively incorrect about that fact? Fuck you. Right. Anyway. Then we get uh, Pentagon Jr. versus Vampiro. Yes, this is the one I'm fucking hyped for. Yes, and I remember much of this match. It's going to be very fun. It's going to be sick, dude. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. As Pentagon Jr. has been trying to sacrifice uh, Vampiro for weeks, threatened to set him on fire even once. He's trying he so won't. hard. And Vampiro is like, fine, I'll give you your match. Uh, God damn it, Vampiro. Yeah, Penta's like... Penta's just—it's such—it's just a fucking chore for him at this point. He's like, "Ugh, I've been trying so hard. Can you just—can you just like cut me a slack here, fam? Hand me—hand me a little bit of a dub." And Vampiro's like, "Look, fine. If it'll get you off my ass, fine." Uh, yeah. This is the—they—they've been—they've been circling each other, and it's been a whole like super long and belabored back and forth. But I don't fucking care. This match is gonna be. So goddamn cool! I am legitimately really excited for this one because Penta rules and like br- the the bringing a veteran like Vamp into the ring opposite just super megastar Pentagon Junior. It's I can't. It's gonna be so. Good. Oh, oh, I'm so excited for that. This one. show oh. was Pen- This show was Pentagon Junior's breakout star time and this feud was his breakout feud in lucha underground that doesn't surprise me in this life well because like my man's already kind of set himself apart a little bit right because he was the arm breaker man and he was very good at being like the scary monster heel of this seat like he was never the main event scary monster heel he was never really going after puma for the title, but the other kind of monsters we had were Cage, who was scary, but he was still just kind of like a dude. And then we have Mill, who's a zombie and who is coming tonight to murderize Puma. But he's he spent a lot of his time early in Lucha Underground just losing a lot, and then he was out of commission for a hot minute, and now he's just been kind of vaguely circling Puma. Penta's been like the most active and the most actively creepy monster we've seen and he's done the, he's done phenomenal character work and so i'm not surprised that the vampiro match is kind of what 
lit the uh, the spark that had been that had been kind of going off mm-hmm. with everything Penta had been building up to at this point. So I, I'm surprised to see kind of like the birth of Penta as we know him here officially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we have the seven way match for the gift of the gods championship where the winner will get to challenge for the lucha underground championship at a time of their choosing provided they don't lose the belt the fucking money in the bank but it's a belt and the rules are complicated because fuck you yes aerostar bengala big rick phoenix jack evans king cuerno and sexy star will just be in a big old fuckity do spot festerino fuckity do that you know that's what i'm gonna call matches like this from now on fuckity do spot festerino let, let let me let me tell you speaking of speaking of penta uh fucking the elite and death triangle are about to have a best of seven tourney on on aw over the next couple of months and i'm just gonna call that all whole thing one giant fuckity do what match spot arena what was the back part i, ca- I, I called it a spot fest arena spot fest re- yeah that that is just set that is going to be a series of seven fuckity do spot fest arenas and i'm sticking to yep yep pretty much the best name ever actually now in the battle for mexico i guess uh is- oh, oh my god this is actually the stupidest one it is uh blue demon jr versus tejano where tejano is actually still a heel and hates everybody but i guess he loves mexico and blue demon's like no i am mexico fuck you and, and blue it. demon has been shoehorned into being a heel too now for some reason the like well okay is- i guess he's i guess he is traditionally a heel uh-huh. but like when he got introduced to this company he was kind of a more benign face and more like ah ha ha i am a legacy and everyone's like ah ha ha yes you are a legacy and so seeing him revert to heel i'm sure like makes sense for people who are familiar with the history of blue demon jr but as someone like me a noob if you will who is not i'm just kind of sitting here like well that was that was sudden uh yeah. okay uh yeah this one is this one's fucking stupid but i guess we got blue demon on our payroll so that means we got to give him a pay-per-view spot and we also have Tahano, who is a legacy boy too. So I don't know. Throw them together. Walk the, it, walk the, it, walk the only real compelling uh, story beat here is, of course, how it was set up by Chavo Guerrero manipulating both of them into being mad at each other instead of both being mad at him. Yeah, but that shit's so annoying too because Chavo fucking because didn't Chavo get injured? Um, not. Actually, you know, we're jury's still out on that from okay. that from that um, uh, Puma match, whether that was okay. a kayfabe injury or not. Yeah, but either way, Chavo like pits these two against each other, and then just kind of dips. <laughs> okay, gotta go back to running from half of Mexico. Yeah, the, if he stays in one spot too long, they're gonna find him. Obviously, obviously, and then in our main event. Mil Muertes versus Prince Puma for the Lucha Underground Championship. Puma has endured almost this nearly this entire season as the inaugural Lucha Underground Champion. Thirty episodes, I believe, uh, at this, uh, including this one here tonight. Um, but they murdered Conan. They 
killed the fuck out of Conan. Hey, that that we already got one for the twists and setups that will never mm-hmm. get paid off. Well, it's that you don't you don't really need a payoff. Conan's just dead, dead. <laughs> no, I know, but I'm saying like, man, that whole oh, like, you're right, that you're right, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I will beat this dead horse into forever. It seems so hard, like they were gonna go the route of ah, Conan is a bastard man, but then they just never did, and mm-hmm. now he's dead. So we can never go there. Actually, you wanted something? No, fuck you. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so Mil Muertes and Katrina and the disciples have stacked the deck against Prince Puma. Can he survive one more time and get to season two with his with his championship? Yeah, I'm going to call a ripperoni on that one, baby. I think Prince Puma's going to, like, either hyperbolic die tonight or maybe just straight up die. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And who knows what else could happen on this episode as not within the outside of the ring due because of the setup of lore that we talked about from last because of the time. setup of this fucking temple where there's just a bunch of other random shit. There's a goddamn dungeon below and mm-hmm. there's like Dario's office, like just to the side of the ring. Like, man, anyone could be fucking walking around here. You wouldn't know. And, they could end up inside the ring at some point or around it. I, I, I don't know. And then after 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 the proceedings tonight, or at a time upon which I consider the most convenient time to bring it up, uh, will be our fir- the first of edition of the Lucha Underground Fair uh, Rest in Peace uh, montage, as I for Rest in peace. Because... Because, of course, as a seasonal show, certain wrestlers don't come back season to season, and thus their stories are left unresolved if they have anything. And it will be assumed, it can be fairly assumed that if they don't appear again on Lucha Underground, that they will that they are dead. If you die in uh, Lucha Underground, you die in real life. In real that's life. just that. That's just the rules. Yeah, no, I I love. Yeah, you you think. There yeah, are a few there are a few characters that get canon off-screen deaths and I okay. will bring them up as that becomes relevant but because but but nobody is ever but there I don't believe anybody is canonically off-screen not dead so and it so it's way funnier to just assume that everybody dies Oh yeah well and this show loves its edgy bullshit too so I wouldn't be surprised if you ask like Robert Rodriguez what the direction they're going he's like yeah they're all dead they all fucking died off somewhere in this cold brutal world that hates you and hates me and every, won't let his, yeah uh, every every end of the season in Lucha Underground is like the Marvel Ultimatum comic which is a bit of a deep cut reference to make but all you really need to know is that uh, Magneto in that story, Magneto moves the Earth's magnetic poles and floods New York because that's a thing you can do. He mm. can do because he controls magnets, I guess. Mm. And he, the flood, kills a bunch of superheroes in the Ultimate Universe for no fucking reason at all. Oh, that's great. To just besides just being like, hey, we can kill heroes. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Dario gets off to that, so that makes sense. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the in kayfabe explanation for this was that like all the dudes that don't come back 
Dario Cueto just puts out a fucking hit on him. That is not unreasonable. Ah, man, you think you think Lucha Underground has a worker retention problem after we <laughs> during during the early opening part we fucking like skipped over where a whole bunch of people who were supposed to be there just weren't because they got stuck at the fucking border. What a what a fun time. I still can't believe Lucha. that. God damn. Back behind the scenes, Lucha Underground was always a bit of a mess. Really? Really? Uh long running uh shoestring budget Robert Rodriguez joint that's on a, uh, the L Ray network. network. Oh yeah, no. You mean to tell me that did not have like sufficient resources or the single most formal perfectly organized backstage environment say it ain't so you're lying to me actually of course uh so if you want to watch tonight obviously the easiest legal method to do so would be uh hit up amazon prime or itunes and buy up that and buy them episodes but of course you can in the spirit of illegal underground fight clubs, you could also just pirate it. Like yo, weird. Oh, yo, baby. You can find them all online if you know where to look. If you if you know, wink, wink, where to look, wink, wink. Mm-hmm. So when we come back, we will talk about Ultima Lucha Part 2. Woo! Hell yeah. And we are back. We have just finished season one, episode 39 of Lucha Underground, the season one finale, Ultima Lucha, part two. Jesus Christ. You know, I had a pretty, like, standard time of that. Like, all the matches definitely felt, like, of import, but overall, it felt like, you know, pretty standard Lucha Underground. And then at the end, everything just got... Whoo! Mm-hmm. God damn. I think... I think there was a lot of, of, of satisfying conclusions or at least yes. conclusions to things here. I would say so. This was a really satisfying finale. Okay, I look, I love it when wrestling goes all year round and everything is... <coughs> but, mm-hmm. like, I will say it's also a really satisfying format to watch things get all, like, wrapped up in a nice, neat little bow. And Lucha Underground season by season format really allows it to do that. And yeah. it was, it was goddamn satisfying to see all these things that we've been following down in some cases, pretty much like from the start of the show in some form or other mm-hmm. come to a very solid, logical follow through fruition. This is leagues ahead of the storytelling structure that we were encountering uh, only a mere couple weeks ago with Daniel Bryan and AJ yeah. Lee and all of them, where it's all feels like fucking disjointed and like randomly thrown. This was everything feels mm-hmm. purposely plotted and oh, it feels good. And finally, after two years, I don't have to pretend to not know who the master is. Been sitting on that for so long. Jesus Christ. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. That was, yeah. that was, that was definitely something. Um, and none of my early predictions were correct, but, uh, you know, them's, them's the break as, as it goes. Uh, we open quit. We kind of just go straight into the matches here and we don't have a lot of back. We only have one backstage bit tonight before the, yeah, big, really. which I guess makes sense. We're here for the, this is the I'm most, this it. is, the, this is the matchy match time. The wrestliest of wrestling. 
So we learned tonight there will be no Vampiro on the commentary table. Mm-hmm. Table, he has a match to get ready for and all. Absolutely. And so, this ain't, he, this ain't no Jerry Lawler business. Yeah, so he he's been replaced by Michael Schiavello, who is apparently yeah. a big uh, fight. He has a lot of history co- calling fight sports. And is he is he someone you were at all familiar with before this? No. Oh, interesting. I, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's good at his job, but um, that means Clearly. I have less to write about because, like, he can't replace Vampiro's unhinged rants. I, don't, I still got a decent amount of like comment. I was. I got a I few. Got a I got a few good quotes I out thought, of him, I but it's, a, it's not the same. It was. It was mostly Striker though. Like Striker definitely didn't have the chaotic energy with Vampiro to bounce off of that. Like he's been having, especially in like recent episodes of Lucha Underground. It was a a little more subdued on commentary this time around. Striker still did his damnedest though to, to to be weird about shit. We'll we'll get yeah. there. Yeah. So the first match of the show, I well I put I listed them off in order in the front half. Yeah. For for everybody, it is Johnny Mundo versus Alberto El Patron. Yes. Johnny Mundo comes out and Striker opines that he has not only turned his back on the believers, he's turned his back on the entire sport of wrestling and. Has he? We just really need you to think he's a bad guy, okay? But what does that even mean? He's, like, here, like, headlining, like, doing the opening match for the temple, which, according to you guys, is, like, the purest expression of wrestling out there today. So, like... Listen here. Johnny Mundo uh, poisoned the water supply... And brought a plague onto oh, our houses. Oh, he, he put a, he put a, he put the chemicals in the water to turn water. the freaking frogs gay. He did. God damn or, it. Well, God damn are, it. well, or are we gonna let just? Are we gonna wait until he does? Shit, you right. Fuck. Alex Jones was right the whole time. Get your tinfoil hats, people. He's Johnny Mundo's the one. He is the head of the globe. Wait, it all makes sense. Mundo means world. He is the head of the global elite. The globalists all bow down to Johnny Mundo. Holy shit. It all fits together. We figured it out. Fuck. Someone go and kill him. (laughs) Exactly. Anyway. uh, Johnny uh, Mundo only gets paid in Soros bucks. Fucking true. Maybe that. Wait. The conspiracy runs deeper. I keep asking how Eminem has all that clout out of nowhere. Right. That, like right? allows him to have like fucking paparazzi on the spot for them constantly. Obviously, it's all backed by Soros. Fuck <laughs> the fiend. The fu- that that motherfucker. Like that that evil bastard, George Soros, laid out his devious plot by uh uh, let me check my notes here by giving paparazzi to a, a, a mini wrestling stable that pretend to be movie stars, even though they don't really got all that much actual clout to their name. God damn, that's a dastardly plot. You magnificent bastard. bastard. I've read your I've book. Read <laughs> Fucking true. Right. Oh my God. Now we're, that we are still here. We are still here at Johnny's entrance. We got to claw our way out of the rabbit hole. Um, yeah. uh, but Michael Chavello says something about Johnny Mundo. And off the bat, Stryker, uh, Stryker 
just like me, is a simp for European accents because he immediately goes, man, I can listen to you read a shampoo bottle. <laughs> and Michael Chavello replies, with, oh, I do that every night in the shower. <laughs> He's he striker's still trying. And Michael Chavello's like, yeah, sure, buddy. Um, OK. Uh, all, and then Johnny Mundo comes out too, and everyone's super fucking excited, yada yada. And then these fucking cheap mother ba- motherfuckers cut the commercial before the fight even starts. To to be clear, we got the intro to Lucha Underground. We got Striker and Chavello introducing themselves. We got the challengers coming out, and then they cut the commercial before the fight even fucking starts. Though, you did cheap they bastards. Though, did they? Was the first match commercial free? I think it was. Well, it was commercial free, but they cut away. But that's because they fucking cut away before the yeah, match. Yeah, they started. cut away early. They cut away early. But it's so funny to me. They started the show, and like before we even saw a shred of a match, they cut. They cut away to commercial. Mm-hmm. That's fucking funny to me. Anyway, yeah. so the match uh, starts as a really a fight to the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alberto chucks him into the Dar- into Dario's office and the announce table, and Johnny goes to play hide and seek. Yes, a little bit John- here. Johnny goes and and hides under, as Stryker put it, Johnny going under that filthy, dirty ring. I, I gotta, I-, I gotta. I, I, this I do make a note is that Matt Stryker, especially for this match, makes a big emphasis on the idea that this temple is absolutely disgusting. It is filthy and gross. Matt and that is exactly, and that is the way wrestling is supposed to be. He's like, he's like, we got like a zillion OSHA violations here, and that's how you know we're legit. Mm-hmm fucking yeah um john john johnny like it, but it was it was the fact that striker said it as that filthy dirty ring like he wants to like punish it for being a bad girl it made me quite uncomfortable <laughs> well, well we'll see some punishment for bad girls a little bit later in this match won't we? yeah well okay but uh, i guess him saying all of a sudden how the underneath of the ring is all filthy and dirty and needs to be punished. Yeah, that feels like it, it was purely a setup for what Johnny does when he when he's done playing hide and seek. He like pocket sands Alberto, <laughs> but it's not pocket sand. It's it's like floor dust. It's floor dust from under the ring. <laughs> Fucking Dale Gribble would be proud, man. Johnny Mundo says floor dust. Yeah, and, and and just right in Alberto Patron's face, of course. So I guess it's a setup, and and I get I guess if you think about it, like yeah, that the fucking underside of that ring probably does never get swept. So, but I I, I just have this image of Johnny Mundo like scrounging around on the floor, just like like a little fucking gremlin collecting up. I like, had to <laughs> collect enough to like toss. Uh, oh, he he ain't gonna see this one coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But we're off to a we're off to a wild start already in this episode, folks. We we have we we have pocket sand slash ring dirt being used as a weapon off the goddamn bat. Uh, and yes, yeah, Striker then continues to go on to say that all of this dirtiness and filthiness is is actually a sign of how great everything is because the temple is all about like that they they, they they can't afford their upkeep. Well, fucking good. The temple is all about fighting and violence and not 
making money on all these fucking overpriced seats or this is this is any pure this is for the pure expression of wrestling oh yeah no the over that they're not only they're so dedicated to wrestling they don't only not have any overpriced seats they don't have any any price seats actually people just show up and you can just watch wrestling wrestling Nobody makes any money on these shows, and both, and that is both in and out of kayfabe. Being in the red is what wrestling is all about. Well, actually, I mean, well, you know, well, yeah, the the blood actually, whenever someone blades, it's symbolic of how every company needs to be bleeding money in order to be the purest (laughs) expression of what pro wrestling is. Yep. So, uh, so Johnny takes, you know, John, after Johnny blinds Alberta with floor dirt, um, <laughs> I need, I need to make a meme of that. I need to take the pocket sand meme and put Johnny Mudo's face on it. Yeah. He, he takes over for a while. And at some point, right before he's setting up for the end of the world, Chiavello, uh, like a real bruv, says all Alberto Albatron is on all sorts of bother. Oh yeah, he's he's he he let the full. Well, I w- I want to say he let the full British slip out there, but I feel like he's more like New Zealander. I mean, I he does he he does end this match saying, and that's good night, Irene, which <laughs> is a which is uh very much an which is much of a more Australian. Uh, con- remark. What the fuck is in Auckland? Yeah, I I think I think that's very much a um. I think it's very now, much. Now I got it. Uh, and what do you know? Chiavello is Australian. Fucking based. Yeah. So he, then I was like, and that's good night, Irene. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> my man, my man's like, we're my man's having a, a cross cultural exchange tonight. Let me tell you. Yeah. yeah um. What else, what Johnny, else? What else? Johnny Johnny doesn't hit the end of the world, obviously. We're not and then they do some back and yet. forth striking, and Alberto finally gets the dirt out of his eyes and starts it takes hitting him a hot his moves. Second. Striker at one point says that Johnny's matured a lot as a wrestler and is better at it than ever. And man, I thought he had turned his back on the whole sport. Kind of wild that he's still that good, you fucking clown. Um yeah. so Dumb comments from Stryker aside. Uh, also, there was a point where once Johnny's cleared out the dirt from his eyes and he starts to take back control of the match a little bit, the, he hits some. He hits Mundo, and the crowd's kind of quiet for a second. And I just hear some like random lady in the crowd yell, "I love you." Miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take, man. I I, oh. I I hope he I hope he heard that. And you guys had a lovely evening together. The crowd the crowd was mic'd up well tonight. Oh my God! Were they ever? We'll get there. Stryker mm-hmm. also says we have two hours nonstop of Ultima Lucha tonight, which is rather impressive considering that about uh, twenty nine minutes have been taken out for ads. Well, it's mostly nonstop. It's mostly nonstop. Yeah, you actually didn't. I actually didn't hear the silent asterisk when he. You said can nonstop. hear that. You can see in small parentheses the. Ah, uh, I see. They, they gotta have those disclaimers down there for legal reasons. Very. As long as it's legally in there, then it's actually fine. Ah, I see. This makes sense. Uh, 
So it's, I mean, the match is overall a solid back and forth match as much as I don't care about the, you know, emotional struggle here. Yeah, no, I'm mostly here for the memes. Uh, Oh, oh, something else. Uh, Patron starts doing strikes. And as he does so, the audience is chanting C. um, And Daniel Bryan is somewhere writing up a cease and desist order. But honestly, that came around at the exact at WrestleMania 28 as well. Honestly, wait, uh, really? Yeah, no you cycle on back, of course. As a reminder, WrestleMania 28 was the one where Daniel Bryan lost to Sheamus in like five seconds, oh and the God. crowd was like, "You know what? Actually, we're just gonna yes chant forever now in protest because fuck you, WWE." And this extended so far is that uh, for Alberto's. Uh, the next night on Raw, um, it, you know, in, in WrestleMania, it's a lot of the same crowd of people who go yeah. to Raw the next night. Yeah. Uh, for Alberto El Dorio's match, they started chanting C just to keep it going. Wait, what the fuck? So that's actually like derivative <laughs> of Daniel Bryan? It is. Domino affected to fucking D- Daniel Bryan getting squashed by Sheamus domino affected to the Lucha underground crowd yelling C at Alberto Patron as he yeah. about Johnny Mundo. That is fucking insane. Yeah. I love it. It's fantastic. Um, I, I felt very vindicated about midway, uh, middle of the way, almost through the match. Uh, Alberto, and is that Matt Stryker makes a remark about how these are two of the biggest egomaniacs in the wrestling business. And this true. is this is the closest this get, they, they have come to acknowledging Del, uh, El, El Patron is a bad person. Absolutely goddamn loot. And I'm like, finally. What Stryker I is over here actually like getting really tilted about the fact that Patron's here. And he's like, I, I, I gotta slip in my one or I'm gonna fucking explode. I gotta, he, any, any, like, he, he gets it out there. He's like, oh yeah, no, they're both giant egomaniacs. And he kind of goes silently, goes to himself, nice. I did it. I have got my revenge. Absolutely. Um, what for? So, I don't know. But based so, either way. Alberto tries to set up Johnny in the corner. Johnny jumps up and Alberto hit, goes shoulder first into the post. Johnny hits his hits Alberto's second rope stomp, which I hate, but as a move because it's it's what he what what the move is is basically you is the wrestler taking the stomp, basically hangs himself, um, horizontally, yeah, in the air for no reason at all, and then so and just stares up at Alberto El Patron while he stomps down on him. It's a very silly move. To think about but oh, it's extremely dumb. johnny hits it on alberto and i appreciate a good move steal uh absolutely for the hits, disrespect and he hits the end of the world but alberto kicks out of the end of the world holy shit i guess it was not quite the end of the world for alberto albatron ah, it, 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 it is not yet the end of the world as we know it uh and and alberto albatron feels fine Nah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Alberto then sets up for the kick to the head that he beat El Mundo with last time they fought. And Johnny just grabs the referee and puts him right in the way of the kick. Absolutely. Ref goes out. And then I think we go immediately into the spot. 
Alberto Albatron. They do some like Johnny gets put in the arm bar, but he fights out of it. And then Alberto well, gets him in the arm bar again, but in the corner. Yep. And, and Johnny then, tries to fucking tap. Uh and the rep but the ref's not there to see it. Yep, yep. So there how that's how it goes. As you uh, do. but Alberto's got Johnny in the ropes, and out comes Melina. What the fuck? I am so glad that we have been doing 2005 smackdown and i don't have to explain who that is to you that is in that is perfectly like well that that was really well planned on your part i don't know if that was intentional no it was not i didn't think of that ahead of time of like oh now david's gonna know who melina is when she shows up well it's perfect fucking timing let me tell you because yeah now we've gone through a whole ass like i oh yeah it's not all the way through but we've gone through a decent amount of an arc where we know who the fuck Melina is. Yes. So this is a M&M reunion here well, tonight. A two-thirds, a two-thirds reunion. We're missing we're missing the other M. Yeah, so when she shows up, she grabs the AAA mega title, beats Alberto with it, and then and this lets Johnny hit the end of the world for the win. Yeah. And then, and then Melina and Johnny Mundo start macking. Absolutely. And Stryker says, I've never been so turned off watching two beautiful people kiss, cope and seethe. I did also make note of that because I thought that was hilarious. Mm. And then I wrote, Alberto, like a sore loser, attacks Johnny after the match. Absolutely. Again, some some may say he's justified. Am I one of those people? No. No. <laughs> people get cheated out of wrestling matches all the time, sir. You you just need to accept that this one was not your day. You're not special. You're not special. You're not special. Uh but at yes, but Johnny gets thrown around the ring uh as Melina just kind of screams. Yeah, uh, Melina's like put- deeply upset by this. She has as if she has not watched many a time before Johnny Mundo just kind of get thrown around by other people in the ring but okay mm-hmm. i guess uh, this time it's deeply traumatizing for to her for reasons yeah johnny gets thrown through the glass door i guess it goes to the door of the storage closet area yeah, yeah perfect little <laughs> rhyme with what he did to patron to kick off this whole yes, fucking yes, he's yes. Gone through. except like this time mundo like is they pull him out and he's like bleeding profusely way more than i think Patron was shown to be doing when he got thrown through the window. And then, and then Melina runs over to finally be like, I'm going to do something. I've had enough of this. And Alberto just grabs her by the arm uh, and then just starts, starts spanking her. Spanking her. For comedy. And Matt Stryker is like, I am going to rewatch this on the DVR way too many times. Stop it, Stryker. <laughs> What's what's that taste in my mouth? Is it finely aged milk? <laughs> num 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 num. <laughs> oh, oh boy. So that was weird. That was deeply uncomfy, but you and know, what are you going to do? I will I feel like this is the I'm not we're not going to do the full uh in memoriam segment yet. No. But I would I'm going I'm going to use this moment to say 
that not only is Alberto El Patron not coming back to Lucha Underground, <laughs> neither is Melina. Oh no! <laughs> so this is her entire contribution to Lucha Underground. Is she shows up, makes out with Johnny Mundo, you know, goals gets, fair enough, then gets spanked, and <laughs> that's it. <laughs> wow, that is a man. She's really made her mark on the industry. Poor, poor. <laughs> Yeah, this is that was uh okay, sure, great. Also her hair's like a like a a fucking red velvet red bob cut now. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. So we go backstage to one of the few backstage the only as I the only real backstage bit of the night is uh El, El Dragon Azteca has found the cages. Absolutely. And Black Lotus asks if he's come for her. And he's like, oh, come on, we're getting out of here. And Dara's like, oh, are you now? Uh-huh. Because you see, Azteca has broken a treaty by Wait, showing up. Yeah, the okay. Hold, hold, hold the phone. Hold. <laughs> we now got a prophecy of- and a treaty. Yeah. Okay. I feel like. I feel like the treaty was a really important detail that we just kind of left out to the last second because I feel like it makes a prophecy much less mystical when there is a treaty attached to it that essentially says, yeah, if you do the thing in this prophecy, like you're kind of fu-. like at that point, it's not like mysticism. It's, it's not a miss. It's mysticism. It's, it's it's acknowledging that. Yeah, it's 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 like acknowledging that if you come to this terror, if you come to, onto this land, you will you forfeit your life because of a treaty, uh, peace pact. This yeah, is, it doesn't feel terribly prophetic to me. All things considered, no. It, maybe maybe Dario just really wanted to formalize the the prophecy into a treaty or maybe dario is just a cheeky bastard who loves his aesthetic too much and he instead of like writing like treaty on the top of whatever agreement was signed he wrote prophecy just because he thought it fucking sounded cooler he probably i I would believe he would do that i would believe that in a goddamn heartbeat but yeah so so, he says breaking this treaty uh that we have only just now heard about oh yes Uh, is the punishment is death. And yeah, I, he goes to take the key for Matanza and he's like, no, don't do it. And he's like, I don't even, I don't have to. The end, they have, Azteca is backed up back into Black Lotus's cage door and she chokes him out through the bars as she's like, this is for my parents. And he's like, whatever she told you, whatever he told you is bullshit. I'm not, la la la, can't hear you. Uh, and then, oh no, she's got AirPods in. And then she open palm strikes. His uh, spine. A, 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 yeah, Al Dragon Azteca is dead in the center of his back and he drops dead. Yeah, okay. And Dario starts freaking out. He starts having a nice little panic about how all of a sudden fucking uh, uh black lotus has started a war and okay no 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 hold the fuck up my man two things one literally in it for this <laughs> treaty like you said if he comes back to the temple he going to die okay so so the treaty got fulfilled and also, you were standing there smugly smiling the whole fucking time Black Lotus had this dude in a chokehold, and you were basically egging her on to kill him. So why the hell did you just 
calmly watch that watch that all happen, and then now that he's dead, turn in and be like, "What'd you do that for, you stupid bitch?" Like, so, did he just kind of forget that, like, if this is a situation where it's like a black a member of the Black Lotus Triad or a descendant of one? Killing the member, killing the leader of the uh, Dragon Azteca gang. Did he kind of forget the political implications of that violation of treaty or not? And I don't know. Either way, for a rare instance, Dario Cueto kind of picked up the idiot ball here. Yeah, fucking. I I wouldn't be surprised if if my man just again all in his like edge lord bullshit, and he's like, yeah. Fucking kill him. Fucking kill him. And she does it, and he stands there for a second. He's like, yeah. Wait, oh, shit. shit. Hold, hold on a second. I, <laughs> like, think that's, I think that's how we're supposed to see it, but it feels weird. It, we don't see, like, that switch happen. We just mm-hmm. kind of see, like, in one shot, before the death, he's like, yeah, 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 give it to me. And then afterward, he's like, what the fuck? Fuck Black Lotus, you weren't supposed to do that. Ah, now we gotta go move and shit. Gotta pack up your shit, let's go. Yeah, so yeah, he's like, he, we he need is, to move to another temple. We need to find a new temple. And he also unlocks Matanza's cage so that he can they can take him with them. There are... There are They're other- going... Dario and Lotus and Matanza are going on a road trip. Moving right along in search of good times and temples. Okay, so there are other temples? Well, a temple. I think the I think you could argue that the temple could be anywhere. Yeah, as but long like as you got a ring set up. But and like the believers come. Here's the thing, like because th- this temple just read to me as like, I don't know, a fucking abandoned warehouse that, or like general warehouse space that Dario like rented out and, you know, did a, or, or maybe even bought and did some like maybe renovations too. Cause I doubt that many general warehouse spaces have like full ass dungeons in their basement, but like, okay. Yeah. How hard could it be to find another warehouse to rent out and do renovations on? <laughs> but uh, the the fact that he just says like it's a, it, that's so weird. I I feel like he could have some trouble with like the landlords of like, hey, why are you doing this? Oh yeah, well you know something happened to my last temple. What? I was kind of. I kind of. I think I don't think they're gonna. The landlords are gonna have much to complain about. I think you're gonna. I think you'll find. They will find new tenants soon enough for this temple. Okay, sure. So I guess Dario's just in the business of like renting out new warehouses spaces with each season. Cool. Dario would be a landlord on the side. Fucking wood, Jesus Christ. Anyway, so yeah. So I guess there is a war now, and Dario's actually like. Dario, it's one of those rare moments where Dario does not, is very sensibly not in control of the situation. He's freaking mm-hmm. the fuck out. Yeah, and we will get more on this on the mm-hmm. in, on the political uh, and legal interplays here next season. Absolutely. So, move on to the second match of the show. Pentagon Jr. and Vampiro. Oh shit, buddy. Here it comes. Vampiro comes out in a white shirt and a whiter version of his mask. 
And yep. it's like, yep, it's blood. It's time to get bloody. It's blood time, baby. Meanwhile, also, Vampiro comes out dressed like a priest. Uh, yeah, like, kind of like Pope look, like dark Pope looking motherfucker. He's got what Austin has since told me is his, like, normal Vampiro makeup on, which for, like, the uninitiated, it's like, it's a lot of white and kind of like some little veiny effects and like it's all dark around his eyes. Ironically enough, on commentary, we keep seeing how like he does a thing with like blacking out his his teeth to make it look like his teeth are in points. Funny enough, he did not seem to be doing that with his teeth for this one, which hmm. feels ironic because that's the time he should be at his most vampiric, but mm-hmm. okay. Um, and now, and now like months after the fact and like a year after it first happened i can finally say publicly because i avoided saying it to like not potentially spoil david on anything uh but i always when when pen on aew and pentagon had his uh little penta of oscuro arc mm-hmm. for a hot second there and uh alex abrihantes started dressing up like a priest uh and i was like this feels like a reference to vampiro or at least i want to believe this is a vampiro reference wait what the fuck oh my god wait so because penta oscuro was like an impact penta oscuro was um to not go deeper into it penta oscuro is basically like a version of pentagon jr that was on lucha underground but we legally Uh. can't use the same name but it's it's supposed to be it's supposed to be um, well because they don't own because they don't own the name to because Penta doesn't own the name to any character that he plays on this show honestly. So how does that work? Because wh- why can't they just keep calling him Pentagon Junior? Why do they have to like change his name? Triple A owns that one. Triple A owns Pentagon Junior. AAA owns the other name I'm avoiding right now uh, because that's spoilers for the future. Uh, but it was basically supposed, Pentascure was supposed to be like, uh, I, I think was supposed to be like evocative of his other persona in Lucha Underground. And with that in mind, yes, uh, Alex Abrahantis looked kind of like a dork, but I was like, oh, oh my God, dark priest. Oh my God, it's the Vampiro priest. Oh, 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 so he wasn't called, so he, he wasn't called Penta Oscuro anywhere else. That was AEW's yeah. league. That's, inven- that's an invention of AEW. Uh, okay, I understand. I thought you were saying like, like Lucha Underground was calling him Penta Oscuro for legal yeah. reasons. And I was like, no, no, sorry. Something. Okay. Okay. No, sorry. I'm, I'm saying sense. that it is, it is, it is, it was supposed to be evocative of one of his personas in Lucha Underground. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Uh, yeah, no, but yeah, more, more on that, but yeah. So anyway, so yeah, Vampiro, Vampiro's, uh, coming out as like a pre, and he's like kind of moving like a zombie, which is funny to I me just, I, I just took i just took that as him being old not him no, but like he kind of does like the arms out stagger thing so i don't know but he he had he had the fucking he had the fucking incense. He, had the, he had the the incense yeah that was so funny and according to austin he's never really done the priest thing before which is no i think that's very specific to the end of this match as to why he dressed like that i think that is the the thematic reason why he made that choice. That's fair, but I do find it very funny. Yeah, um, so just, just uh, a dark priest, man. Yeah, yeah, the match opens up with as Vampiro is posing in the ring, 
Pentagon just runs to the outside, grabs a chair, and whacks him in the back. The, in the back. Yeah, Penta takes control of the match pretty early on. He taught he tosses poor old Ian around and throws him to the outside, and immediately starts pulling up the mats around the ring. And uh, Shavella wonders aloud, wonders aloud, uh, what Penta is setting up here by exposing the concrete and hmm, man mystery of the century that one i mean to be fair he could have done like a pile driver to him or something well either way he was clearly going to use the concrete to attack ian uh and chavello seems like oh my god when he actually does it he's like oh he hit him on the concrete yes he hit him on the concrete congratulations (laughs) you noticed what what he was going for. I'm very proud of you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it said, it sounded like he was confused by the concept of like using concrete to your advantage in a match. Sure. But, um, Penta does body slam Vampiro onto the concrete. And then he just starts laying chairs on him and then hit using the chair to hit using other chairs to also hit Vampiro and just trying to beat the shit out of him and kill him. And Rick Knox in the most refereeing I think I've ever seen him attempt to do. Uh, yeah, that was a tries, tries to call off the match for an injury. Yeah, no, all of a sudden, like, Vamp is laying on the floor, and Rick Knox is coming over. He's like, no, 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 no. He's hurting. He's, like, holding, doing, like, an X signal above his, above his head, mm-hmm. which, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't that, like, kind of a lot of times, like, a shooty-shoot way to, like, indicate yes. to the fact that someone's legitimately hurt? It is. That is the, also the signal in a real, if someone were really rest injured, to be like, hey, this is serious. We got to stop the match right this, now. This ain't a work. So so they're definitely, they're trying to be all shooty shoot about the fact that, oh no, Vampiro's neck that we were all worried about got hurt again. Guess he's going to die. Mm-hmm. And that neck probably didn't help that while Van, R- Rick Knox is trying to get EMS in here, uh, EMS in here, that uh, Pentagon just grabs some production cables and starts choking out uh, Vampiro for a sec. Choking him out. That was brutal to watch. But yeah, so Stryker sounds all concerned on commentary. He's like, uh, uh, we're going to cut to an impromptu uh, commercial break while we deal with this, folks. Oh, no. Yeah, and, and they bring out the stretcher, and we cut back from commercial, and Vampiro is getting stretchered out. Pentagon is is like uh, being cocky in the ring, like he thinks he's already got this taken care absolutely. of. Absolutely, he's doing and, his right, jumping jacks, you know. And Vampiro just starts punching out the emergency medical. Yeah, guy. he fucking decks one of the EMS <laughs> dudes in the face. Which okay, calm down, my man. They're trying to so help. Vim- Vampiro stumbles his way back into the match and he, he started, he hits some of his, he hits some punches on Pentagon and he hit Vampiro grabs the thumbtacks. Oh no, no. I don't know if it can be really appreciated at this for this, but if in now, but like in mainstream wrestling, they did a lot of spots in here that had never really been seen on mainstream American really? TV before specific. The thumbtacks I think is the big one that like that's WWE never did thumbtacks until Are you talking about, like, pretty just recent this match or on Lucha underground overall. Um, this match is what I'm thinking of, but I, I guess Lucha underground overall. Like I don't remember WWE ever doing thumbtacks bits and pre 2015. Not, oh, I cannot be no shot. No shot. And, and uh, we'll get to it, but there's another thing that WWE will never do, but also was oh, not yeah, ever baby. seen on American TV 
until AEW again until AEW did it. Oh um, man, we'll get there. But Impact, you know, Impact Wrestling might have done tax. I don't think they. I don't know if they did tax spots. I know they did a lot of barbed wire shit. In oh, Impact, without a doubt. But I don't know if they did thumbtacks. I, I remember be like- this being the. I remember this being this match being my first time ever seeing like thumbtacks in a match. That's wild, because yeah, no, the first I think the first time I saw thumbtacks in a match was uh, Britt Baker and Abaddon on like Halloween twenty twenty one. Yeah, that sounds about right. Now AEW's uh, normalized like stuff that that previously was only on like the death match scene. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and I mean they, they were throwing it too. It's not like they're throwing thumbtacks around every week, but you know, still right, yeah. Yeah, but it was, you know, even seeing them at all is kind of wild because that used to be like the shit you only saw in uh, if you were watching wrestling in some po in somebody's backyard or in a podunk <laughs> field in Delaware for the King of the Hardcore tournament. Oh yeah, they're just trying to pull the pull out all the stops at that point. Yeah, you never you didn't see that shit on like nationally aired television. Oh God, no. Uh, so that was pretty neat. Uh, but Van body slam uh, onto the tax uh, by uh, Vampiro. And Vampiro goes up for like a Vader. Not a Vader bomb. I don't remember what they call this. It's one of Big Van Vader's moves, but I don't remember the specific name of it. It's basically a dive. But he misses and he lands in the tax instead. And Pentagon then goes and, and grabs and, and, and he, he yells fuck and it yep. gets censored yep but pentagon goes and grabs some light tubes and this is light absolutely tubes! this is definitely the first time i ever saw light tubes Holy in a wrestling shit. match yeah are we in a goddamn gcw death match holy shit or i guess and... pardon me fucking death match uh, I guess technically this would be closer to a CZW deathmatch. Combat Zone Wrestling, that was a big, that, would be, that was big out in the West Coast ah, uh, in nice. this time. But uh, Pentagon gra- takes these light tubes and then just smashes them over Vampiro's head. Oh my god, immediately. And then takes to my fucking personal squickiest spot in all of wrestling. Fucking what I like to call unicorning him with the broken light tube, stabbing it into his forehead. Fuck. Oh, it never gets any better to watch. Ah. Yeah, and then to kind of add insult to injury, uh, Vampiro start gets, uh, excuse me, Pentagon gets Vampiro's blood all over his arm. So he just licks the blood off of his arm. Oh, right off his arm. He is, which like, you know, I know we're not like super into like, everything must be sanitary when it comes to deathmatch wrestling but that that's not healthy don't no. stop it get some help both y'all both y'all are hopefully tested for hepatitis i uh, this, certainly hope so it's a very real concern in uh, situations. oh yeah but either way he, he's definitely he's, he's <laughs> a little he pen has done a little uh, licky licky of vampiro's ah. blood and he likes what he tastes. And I feel like blood drinking should be Vampiro's thing, but you know, whatever. Yeah. So, but while Pentagon goes to grab more light tubes, uh, Vampiro manages to get up, even though he is now bleeding all over his head. And I got to create, it creates a sick visual. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Like the way it is, like there's just 
particularly it creates almost this diamond shape around one of his eyes and mm. holy shit it it almost kind of looks like he's got like a dark clown thing going because some of it's like pulled around the tip of his nose too but it looks awesome on him mm-hmm. holy shit that rules it's oh, so yeah. wild to see like this side of vampiro after i've just known him as like saying goofy stuff man on commentary yeah uh and murdering a few a few people who were watching by making them take like 10 shots in a row by saying brother playing their drinking game yep uh but pentagon you know he gets back they it's a bit more of an uh, back and forth when the pentagon gets back in the ring pentagon tries to put one of the light tubes in the corner and send vamp into it but vamp dodges and he tosses pentagon into the light tube instead and then Vamp starts ripping at the eye holes of Pentagon's mask and starts tearing Pentagon's mask open. Oh my god. Dude, watching a Luchador's mask get ripped open is legitimately one of the most harrowing things you could see. I, I, to me, anyway. Because, like, it really does feel like that is their face and, like, that is their identity. And watching that ripped away to see, like, bits of what's underneath feels like wrong and it feels like we've torn skin away and we're seeing like the musculoskeletal system underneath even though it's like a fully intact face yeah it's such a fucked fucking weird visual and then vampiro he the blood is starting to get a little too close to his eye which is of course a bit dangerous yeah so he just takes the blood he wipes it off he lit. He licks his own blood. See, there we go. Now you're doing the vampire thing. Good job. And then he el kabongs P- Pentagon with with a light tube of his own. Absolutely. That that's that's you gotta you gotta like make the little uh, uh, blood set sacrifice, and then you can use the light tubes. It's it's a it's a it's a very distinct ritual. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and then and then after and after all that, a punch to the balls by Pentagon. Oh, absolutely. You got got to pull out the classics here sometimes. Jesus. Yeah. So they fight and they get up to the top rope. Vampiro hits a top rope belly to belly suplex into the shards slash thumbtacks area. Oh, my God. The the, the ring is just drenched in this point in in sharp, pointing objects. Vampiro grabs the table and the lighter. And lighter fluid. He's like, I got an Uno reverse card for you, motherfucker. Except the first rule comes again. Ah. As Vampiro sets up the table, he lights the table. And then immediately Pentagon grabs him and puts him through the flaming table. Yup. And somewhere, and, it's, and then and it's legit because immediately they got the fire extinguishers out. Oh, and, and fans. Vamp, stop, drop, and roll, all right? And somewhere Cody Rhodes was writing down notes. To be like, I'm not going to do that. Hmm. Alternate universe where Cody Rhodes does not just, like, singe the fuck out of his back by improperly placed, like, fire retardant. He might still be an AEW today. I somehow doubt that. I think I think, I think. think in every universe he always goes back to Daddy Vince in the end. Hmm. So the fire extinguishers come out. They put out Vampiro, but Pentagon does get the pin for the win off of this, off of that. And then Pentagon grabs the mic and he's about to call to his master. And Vampiro's like, hey, break 
my arm. Hey, aren't you forgetting something? You got an arm. You got an arm to break here. It's it's like the fucking uh, um, masochist scene in Little Shop of Horrors, where like the guy goes, the guy goes to the dentist, and the dentist is a is a complete sadist, but the the guy's like into it, so he's like he's like. Hey, 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 you should be using your sharper, scarier tools on me. Yeah. Fam's like, hey, what? No, I, I, I paid for the full Pentagon experience here. Please break my arm, please. Come back. Come back. I have not been, I I have been mistreated. I will report you to the Better Business Bureau if you do not break my arm right now. And, of course, like the bunch of freaks they are, this is when break his arm chance. Break his out. arm chance? What the fuck? Yeah, Striker uh co- comments that this the, the the crowd is just as fucking sick as vampiro is and yes that's what i've been saying mm-hmm. so Van- pentagon does as asked and now and he gets his the mic back and he's like he's told his master he has did as he has promised but where is the master right behind you i i wanted to laugh so hard when you said that i mean at that point i had figured at that point like by the time he was like being like break my arm motherfucker i was like oh vamp vamps the 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 master isn't he Mm -hmm. so vampiro gets a mic and he's like you want to you want to you meet your teacher huh well as your teacher the teacher was me and everyone partners now Woo! woo everyone gasps with the implications of what that of that yeah and he said you are now ready my son my son oh my wait he's a son too oh shit pentagon senior it's been so long nah, waga, waga. mr P- please mr pentagon was my father um, <laughs> fucking, uh, I, I don't know if i ever vocalize it on the show but like toward the end of our run with the first season i was having to start a having the little like inklings of is so is vampiro the 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 maestro but i i kind of you never you never vote you never vocalized i I had little inklings but i was like nah nah they wouldn't they wouldn't do that 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 feels like that feels a little complicated or or, you know it feels kind of like feels kind of a uh a wacky twist to go for i didn't i i wasn't um so i had i had a little inkling that this could have been the outcome but definitely not what i predicted early on i can't remember what my predictions were early on but they were fucking wild Mm mm-hmm vampira yes pentagon stunned to learn that vampiro has been his master the whole time yes it was his final test and pentagon bows to vampiro as and the two celebrate the arm god was among us the whole time you know, maybe maybe that's why, as the season went on, Vampiro starting to get more and more wild on commentary because the more arms that got sacrificed to him, the more powerful he got. Mm-hmm. Potentially. And he had to find some way to express that energy, so he's just wilding out it. You know, I don't think we're getting uh, fun, wacky, goofy Vampiro back on commentary anymore, folks. Mm. He's going to be a little preoccupied from here on out. A little bit. Uh, so... We then move on to match number three, the Gift of the Gods Championship with uh, yes. Aerostar, Bengala, Big Rick, Phoenix, Jack Evans, King Cuerno, and Sexy Star. Oh, yeah, baby. It's time for Money in the Belt. Money in the Belt is here. Money in the Belt is here. Uh, a big 
the thing they immediately open with and is a big part of the match is big Rick is big and strong and everyone and everyone kind of has to team up to get rid of him. Yeah, he he is big. Everyone else is small. It's simple math. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I mean, I don't want to do this match beat by beat because there's a lot of beats and, you know, this is this match is mostly just like spotty. It's a spot arena spot arena. Fuckity do a fuckity do shit. We are we already forgot it. We're, yeah, the fuckity do spot festerino. God damn, I gotta fuck. I gotta write that down. Give me a, how, give me a... how, however, I will say that in general, it this match, like a lot of big multi man matches like it, created some unique opportunities uh-huh. and, uh-huh. to see. To see wrestlers fight each other who would not normally fight each other because they are both technicos or both rudos i do love the exhibition match stuff like this uh, it's it's one of the things that's that's already got me looking forward to aztec warfare 2 next season because mm-hmm. it's a similar it's a similar vibe of we we have everyone having to kind of fight each other for business yeah because like we get stuff like jack uh king corno and jack evans fighting each other and then on the good guy side we get uh we get really neat aerostar phoenix bits and like sexy star and bengala fight out aerostar at one point as that too um yeah it's awesome and really neat it's i mean the match structure is a lot of like setting up scenarios for two people to fight each other for a little bit and then somebody comes to interfere and stops them from winning or whatever. And we yeah, get a pretty, different two person set. Pretty much. I do really like how this show tends to structure its group matches. Like it is, it's kind of formulaic because they do kind of have a lot of these like one-on-one spots interspersed throughout. And then, and then at random points, they'll have like big spots where one person like jumps off something and crashes into a whole bunch of other people. Um, Speaking of that, saying that uh, out loud makes it sound kind of like five head obvious because that's how wrestling is usually done. But like, mm. you think of like a a scramble match like this, and it's usually a little more chaotic. Um, so having it be like it, it, it was like it was like the um, team Johnny Mundo versus Team Alberto El Patron match, like kind of getting all these matchups that can that can point to different things. It was cool to see all these, yeah, 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 sampler platter, I suppose. Yeah, and speaking of someone just jumping off of something high, uh, on the outside, uh, uh, partway through the match, we have Big Rick just, like, punching dudes, like three or four people on the outside, and somehow Aerostar has snuck away to jump into, like, the balcony. Oh, my God. This man just dives off the balcony. Yeah, he basically does the, the... On a helico spot with jumping mm-hmm. off the rooftop, except uh, with slightly less distance. But what cracked me up about that spot was while he was doing that, before he made the jump, they cut to like Phoenix, Bangala, and I think like Jack Evans. They they look up and they notice this, and then they just continue to fucking stand there. I love it when it gets lampshaded that the dudes are just standing below waiting to get yeah cameramen generally gotta not show that see 
it's dumb and it kind of like gives the game away but also i do find i did find it funny and i'll also give it this phoenix in particular i guarantee you this was not on purpose because this was a very like in the moment but when they had the camera cut to them phoenix in particular did this almost like double take where he like <laughs> he like looked up he's like oh shit and it created a cool visual in that, like a reaction image of what was to come. Not anything I've really seen on wrestling TV before. And again, it very much gives the game away. But in that specific instance, I thought it actually looked kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Sexy Star is in the middle of the ring alone now, setting up a thing. Probably setting up a dive. And here comes Marty the Moth to come be a weirdo. Christ. Oh, yep. He's back. He is, he is still mad about the medallion thing. He's really fucking mad about the medallion thing. And so Sexy Star just kind of kicks his ass, actually. Get dicked on, motherfucker. Oh, and then she drop crazy. kicks him into Melissa Santos. And Melissa's, I, uh, and Melissa Santos is just like, ew, don't, don't touch Mar- me. Well, because Marty, like, crawls a little bit toward Melissa. And he puts his hand up on her knee. And you can just hear Melissa shriek a little bit. Like, no, bad touch. Which... Yeah, fuck yeah. Then Sexy Star does get her her big dive on everybody, and they and they and we see Phoenix again, like in directly in the way for that shit. Poor Phoenix really needs to get fucking better at like getting out of the way of someone diving on. Yeah. Um. Then a big we get. uh, I thought it's something that I thought was a really interesting uh, character moment was is that king cuerno hits sexy star with the thrill of the hunt his big signature maneuver mm-hmm. and then instead of trying to pin her just rolls her out of the ring because he would rather fight phoenix yes he is sexy star get out of here you're not remotely animal themed he can't go hunting stars he's got you can't hunt a, yeah you can't hunt a star you can hunt a phoenix well, because the thing is, my man stays consistent because he goes after Phoenix, which, you know, was a was a thing for a hot second, Bird. if I recall correctly. Yeah. And then he starts going after fucking Bengala. Because Tiger. Yeah, exactly. No, you motherfucker, don't you know that's an endangered species? And, and uh, King Cuerno says yes, but he'd make a very good rug. Endangered species? So he's not extinct yet? <laughs> is what is how Cuerno looks at that. Let me fix that. Yeah. Uh, but Bengala gets he gets a, he goes off. He get, he interrupts yes. the Cuerno Phoenix spots to like kind of take over the match. Low key, he like he's been kind of not super featured at this point. And again, Bengala kind of showed up more last minute to the party here. So we don't have as much to go on with him as we do a lot of these other combatants. But goddamn, every time he's in ring, my man is proving himself. I re- I am hoping and praying he is not on the death count for this season because I really want to get to know him more. He yeah. seems great. And then Cuerno is like, I've had about enough of this. And he hits uh, Bengala straight dead on with the arrow from the depths of hell. Yeah, mm-hmm. and... and, uh, and... Michael uh Michael Chavello's like that cut Bengala straight in half, so I guess he's dead now. Whoops. Yeah, oops. 
we get a later on into the match. Uh, Sexy Star has a pin on Arrow, uh, on Arrow Star, Star v Star. This is Star on Star violence. I was thinking the uh, same thing. There can only be one star in the sky. And Rick breaks it up. hits hits a big old slam on uh, Sexy Star, but then out comes a Davari, and well, Davari's got a chair. And he runs in and hits Big Rick with the chair and he yells, you're fired. He... He's like, you oh, actually suck at your story. job here. So, <laughs> Congratulations, Big Rick. You got, you, you got your stuff. The, the match hasn't even been decided yet. And Davari's like, actually, no, you're fired. Because... You're not winning, actually. I'm going to yeah. not let you. Uh, this actually, this is going to cost you a lot of points on your employee, uh, evaluation. And I honestly wouldn't bother even showing up tomorrow. Yeah. It kind of ends up, Jack Evans tries to take advantage of the situation for the, for the pant to get a pin. Cuerno stops him. Uh, Phoenix comes in to stop Cuerno from tapping out Jack Evans. This is basically a final three situation here. Mm -hmm. Uh, as Jack Evans does his big kicks and knocks Cuerno out of the ring, Ev uh, Jack Evans and Phoenix get a big, a cool back and forth of some fun wrestling maneuvers. Phoenix uh, get, is gets put in the tarantula, which is a submission move where you basically, I don't know why, I don't, I don't know why it's called a tarantula, I guess, because the way your the limbs move around, it kind of looks like a spider. Like, but maybe. A little bit, I don't know. You're basically like hanging out on someone's back and you've, and you've got their arms and legs in weird places. Yeah, fair enough. I can say it. But Phoenix gets out of it, hits the fire driver, and Phoenix wins the match. Phoenix is the gift of the gods. Rising from the ashes comes the Phoenix. Kaka, baby. Yeah, that was sick to see. I really like the fact that, like, Phoenix got this kind of, like, rise from the ashes arc with this. It feels mm -hmm. very, it feels very yeah. right to from, have From the first medallion holder to killed off so we don't know if you're gonna even be here yeah to winning it again to now winning the belt oh man it feels so good feels so fucking good to have to have him come all this way and get that belt and i'm i'm sure he's gonna have a very successful title shot after all of the oh okay maybe it doesn't feel so good after all mm-hmm and then we move on to the fourth match of the evening, uh, Tejano versus Blue Demon Jr. Ah, uh, yes, the, uh, the 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 bathroom break match, if you will. Oh, it was definitely a bathroom break match. Uh, and then Blue Demon Jr. comes out the with the crew who are the in crew the crew are, are still the wearing crew. their like do rag color in like blue. But they're yeah. also wearing full suits. They're wearing full suits, which feels wrong. Uh, but, you know, they clean up nice, I guess. Mr. Cisco, they're, they're both wearing blue ties because, you know, blue demon. And Mr. Cisco's also got a bandana that matches his blue tie. Very cute thruple. They're all looking matchy-matchy. You'll, you'll love to see it. I, I hope they had fun walking the blue carpet. <laughs> yeah, yep. but anyway... Um... They have a note though for Melissa Santos as um do <laughs> they, they have the fucking they basically have the uh Ron Swanson I can do whatever I want permit. 
pretty much because they Melissa reads the note and it says, due to his legend status, Blue Dario Cueto has accepted Blue Demon Jr.'s request to have the match be no disqualification. Yeah, pretty much. And as soon as they announce that, the crew, of course, immediately start beating up on Tejano. Well, no, they do let it be a real match for a couple of minutes, and then Tejano do they? The I thought they was, I, so if, no. As I recall, they started immediately assaulting him. I mean, I don't, I didn't care for like the two and a half minutes of match that happened before yeah, it, they well. pumped in, but it was a they they wrestled for realsies for a second, and then Tejano hit a power bomb, tried to pin uh, Blue Demon, and then the crew's like, "All right, enough of this, we're done." Um, they break up the pin. We have, we have decided it's time for this match to end. We're the crew... Decision. Yeah, the crew um, grab Tejano and they line him up so that Blue Demon can hit him with the kendo stick. And then here comes Chavo Guerrero with a chair. And Chavo is like, hey, let Tejano go. And if it was anyone else, I could almost not see this twist coming. Uh, as most obvious. They let him go, and Chavo threatens to hit Demon with the chair, just like he did all the way back in episode two. And Waka Waka, he hits Tejano instead. And he hits then... the, well, he hits Tejano, and then he kind of winds up like he's going to hit Blue Demon. And then he, like, turns the chair toward Blue Demon, and he bows to him and holds it out to take. Ah, look. The, the Probably the earliest thread... <laughs> That we started following for for Lucha Underground on this show. And it ended up in the fucking dumbest match that I cared about the least. With a character who just deeply annoys me. Yeah. Ray. Chavo, Demon uses the chair to get the win. And they are hyping up on commentary that two legendary old families of Mexico are aligning an unholy alliance they may control all of mexico yeah and then and then is, also the third family that that is represented here fuck you we don't need you which is of course the perfect moment to talk to now do the ultima the lucha underground season one in memoriam segment really we're not we're not waiting till the end all right cool because now we have now seen all the every rest all the remaining wrestlers will be here next season. So ah. we're just gonna go ahead and do this now. So when right, I, wait, I wait, wait, we gotta we gotta, we gotta have a very somber mood here. Gimme give gimme give a give me you a work on that while I pull up the spreadsheet. Uh yeah, let's get let's get uh hey hey folks, uh can we get some some DSD rays going? Uh, dearly beloved. We are, we are gathered here to say our goodbyes to those in Lucha Underground who are no longer with us because of contract disputes, really. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the most tragic type of death. All right, I got, I got my black. I got the emergency bow tie. Let's, uh, ah, let's I see. Okay. In morning. Mm. The following wrestlers will never be seen again. They have made... According to Wikipedia, they will not make any more have any more matches on Lucha Underground. Blue Demon Jr. <laughs> Sweet. That's, that's, that's why I did this now. <laughs> Just 
off the bat. (laughs) Big Rick. Oh, no. I really liked him. No. L. L. Mariachi Loco. Oh, that that one is a fucking shame. I El Mariachi Loco is awesome, and I think he deserves a massive title push. Actually, absolutely, Superfly, fucking good. Get him out of here. I hate him. Hate that yeah. guy. Get get him out of here. Conan. We yeah. already knew. Okay. Yeah, we did know about that one. To be fair, Bale, which we also knew. Yeah, yeah that one did get permadeaded. Alberto L. Patron. Thank God. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. We already knew about that one too, but it feels <laughs> feels good to say every time. Yeah. Delavar Davari. Oh shit. <laughs> well, if, if out goes Big Rick, so too must his former boss. Yes. So I guess B- Big Rick was fired, and so was Davari. Walkity walkity walk. And Melina <coughs> debuted tonight, <laughs> never to be seen again. <laughs> Melina, twenty fourteen to twenty fourteen. Yep, that is everyone for season one. Everyone else we have seen so far in this show will make future appearances in the next three seasons. But now I see. And thank God I didn't like most of these people. Yeah, I mean, I guess, is is, is there anyone, what, do you have any thought, parting thoughts on these wrestlers that you wish to say? Man, I really wish I could have seen that whole eye patch thing resolved. I, I do, too. I, I wanted to see him get a new eye somehow. I yeah. mean. Oh, my God. I want to see a version of this where Big Rick got like fucking cybernetic implants. They had him walking around with, like a goofy ass robot eye. That would be sick. You're but yeah, me. um, everything about what they were saying with this Chavo, <laughs> de- the Guerrero Demon Family Alliance was funny as fuck. Knowing that Blue Demon Jr. will never be on Lucha Underground again. You know, I was really hoping you would also say. Tejano and or uh, um, Chavo would not be returning either, but I guess we can't have everything that we ever want. Yeah, it was <laughs> I, I, it was very funny in retrospect. That is but, extremely funny. Thank God this this manufactured fucking feud annoyed me. Yep. So two of the major plot ha- threads from the matches tonight. Uh, will no longer exist though to be fair and i will not give any further details is that we is that johnny moon the role of melina in johnny as as a character will be fulfilled by somebody going forward interesting okay i look i look forward to seeing who that may be yes but blue demon and chavo yep Man, nope we're just gonna wrong. we're just gonna Forget that ever happened. Yeah, just chuck it out the window. <laughs> All right, get the <laughs> fucking black tie off of me. Yeah, we're done being uh, soft. In, fu- in future seasons, I will have a lot more of that to Uh-oh. say for that. Uh, season three, in particular, will be a a bloodbath. <laughs> uh, really, mature you of that. Based there on everything you told me about season four, I'm not surprised. 
but that is a tradition I think we will be keeping uh, going Absolutely. forward at the end of every season of Lucha Underground. Uh, Big Once every Rick, two to three years. Yeah, Big Rick is actually given a canon death that I will talk more about next time because it is in the it is in the comic book adaptation. There's a comic book. It is in the Lucha Underground comic book supplemental material. So I will be reading that for prep next time we're here. And I will talk more about that then. Everyone else just kind of disappears and presumed dead. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Well, all right, cool. Ripping, ripping pieces, I guess. All right. We get back to the show. Yeah. Backstage, we see Prince Puma and Mil Muertes getting ready and they're walking to the ring because it's time for the main, the main event. event. Now Mark Henry is writing us a cease and desist. Anyway. Ha. So, Mil Muertes versus Prince Puma for the Lucha Underground Championship and per orders of Dario Cueto, there must be a winner. Absolutely. I... Yeah, so no disqualifications, no time limits, no nothing. Someone gets decided at the end of this shit. Mm -hmm. Fuck you. Uh, so the match is uh, really good in my Absolutely. mind. Absolutely. Mill, of course, comes out in his drippiest drip. Katrina's here in her finest fetish outfit. Dumb. Dumb. Puma head. <coughs> they've, all, they've all dripped out for the, uh, mm -hmm. for the occasion, of course, as you do. I say as I take off my pinstripe suit coat, whatever. Yeah. Um, so a lot yeah. of back and forth in and out of the ring to start this match. Mm -hmm. Um, wild spot in the early part of the match as Prince Puma grabs Katrina yep. and like, I, you would know dance better than me to be able to describe what he does here. Oh God. Okay. Uh, cause it gave me, I can't, I've Remember. been in musicals watching that exact choreography before, but I don't See, know the See, I've done that move in swing dancing. Um, it is a... Because I, I, I think I'm remembering it right. He does this thing where, as far as I remember, he kind of grabs her and, like, picks her up, swings her around so that I think kind of, like, her legs kick into wrap Mill. Yeah, his, her legs yeah. wrap around Puma's body and kick yep. Mill. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's kind of like the swing dance move I, I've done. It's it's it, it's it's a it's a like mini aerial move. You like, um, you do this thing. You, you your your partner kind of jumps up and you take them kind of around your body and you can you can kind of hold them behind you or, or whip them around. In yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I was like, I was like, oh, we got that that uh, that twenties that twenties music going in, in Puma's. Ah, uh, yeah. So he uses Katrina as a weapon to attack. That me. was great. And as someone in the crowd yelled, that's why he's the champion. Fucking true. I love it. However, uh, however, Mill does no, did not find that particularly amusing or painful. Yeah, Mill, Mill he, took that one personally. As he proceeded to then chuck Prince Puma into the wooden chairs. Oh, oh yeah. He they they are they are trying to just pull out every trick in the book against each other. And for Mill, that's a lot of just picking up Puma and just fucking throwing him into things. Yeah, this is a lot of this. This is the ultimate Puma playing the underdog to a much bigger, much stronger guy. 
Yeah, you see, you see, Mil Mil Muertes is of course oh, using the highly respected traditional ancient Aztec technique of yeet. Yep. Absolutely. Or what uh, if I just punched around. him really hard and threw him around a bunch too? Um. Yeah. So Puma sets up a table on the outside. I said, "Oh dear." This oh will no! Be the end. First law. Um, and is it during this sequence as they are fighting? Is there? Is that? Uh, I hear someone in the crowd yell, "Fight!" God damn it! The, what do you think they've been doing? Yes. Okay. Son. Yeah, tch, fucking entitled asshole. God damn. Yeah. It's fucking. So they're. They're they brawl around the ring some more. Mill grabs the wooden like the steps to the ring. He just picks them up, puts them on his side, and then power bombs Puma onto the steps. Oh my god! I can't. Another spot that got me. I can't remember if this was before or after the steps. I think it might have been after, but because they were still on the outside and Puma's kind of down and he does this move where he kind of like starts to run up toward mill, but then he jumps toward the ring fucking like spring. That is before he did that. I wasn't sure. Yeah. yeah. He like does like parkour springboards off of the apron. Yeah. Clearly he's been training a little bit with Johnny Mundo on the side. God damn. That was cool as shit. He's got the parkour going, baby. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was awesome. Uh, uh, Puma does a dive and Mill hits him in the, with a chair midair. Oh and I my bring this up Christ. because Chiavello so says he's out. P- Puma's out of here. He's astral traveling. <laughs> Fucking my man. My man just watched Doctor Strange over the weekend. Actually, uh, this is actually pre Doctor Strange. I wouldn't. I, I I I figured he got an early screen. Yeah, I don't know. He actually watched the seventies Doctor Strange. Ah, uh, yes. Which I'm sure had just as stark a presentation of, of the concept of astral traveling. Of course. Um, Mill, Mill kind of taking control of the match here. Um, Mill, sets, uh, Mill sets up a chair in the corner. His mistake. Absolutely. Puma makes his big comeback sequence and he sends Mill into the very chair that he set up in the corner. Ah, the first law once again. They're they're both learning tonight, Austin. And Ciavello with another great line is open yeah. the fridge because Mill might be out cold. cold. I think it was at this point. Uh, I think it was a little afterward. Puma kind of gets Mill to the center, and he does what I can only describe as a as a as a GTS as a go to sleep. Uh, you know, he's got Mill up on his shoulders, and he kind of like flips him over. But instead of doing like the rising knee to hit Mill in the face. He, like, does a fucking... He, he flips Mill over oh, he does a Pele and kick. does, like, a jumping kick. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. the fuck? That was, a, that was a sick spot. It was. Uh, uh, but, of course, Mill survived this because Katrina is holding up that rock as high as she can. And according to the random bits of lore that we've set up throughout the season, when the, when the rock is held high, uh, then your your chances of pinning him are nigh and i do have to feel bad like uh on one hand for katrina because like she just keeps holding up this rock for this whole thing and kind of like i said last time i i really do think this poor woman's arm was probably getting tired by the end of this all uh but on the other hand i feel less bad because it's definitely some like 
bullshit interference shenanigans, but there's kind of a lot to get away for it, away with it for reasons. Hey, it's a it's a it's a magical exemption. <laughs> that, uh, is that can you get exemptions for magic, Austin? Um, if you pay the owner enough money, you can. Ah, so that would explain why Katrina's allowed to let Millie use his zombie powers, but. Uh, Drago is not allowed to transmogrify into a dragon in the middle of the ring. Yeah. Because somebody involved in the production didn't have enough money to make that happen. Wink, wink, wink. Wink, wink, wink. Of course. You know, Katrina, has, Katrina as a ghost. As, as a, a ghost lady. As a ghost lady. A very kinky has, ghost lady. Has had a lot of time to, like, build an investment portfolio. And therefore, has <laughs> plenty of money to pay off Dario. Dude, when you are when you're an ethereal spirit, stonks become just like that. That that is like the pastime of the afterlife. Okay, because like, what the what the fuck else are you gonna do as a ghost? Go to Disney World? I don't think they let and, ghosts into Disney World. Nah, and like you're gonna what? Are you gonna go to Disney World and and go to the haunted mansion where they make fun of your kind? Oh my god! Yeah, that to to the to a ghost. The entire haunted mansion just reads as like one giant racial. This is an yeah, this is an offensive stereotype of ghosts this is in the fucking, haunted mansion. What 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 do you people think you're doing with all this ghost face on display? Jesus Christ! Yeah, they don't have any real ghosts working at the haunted mansion. I'll tell you that. Where the fuck is my diver? Again, issues of diversity and inclusion as related to Lucha Underground. We're learning so much. We are. And those are the only those are the only instances of diversity and inclusion in Lucha Underground, dragons and ghosts, nothing else. <laughs> no, no but the, yeah, no, there are pressing issues there. Anyway, uh, but, but yes, yeah, uh, Poo, uh, I at this point, um, um. Uh, at one point, um, uh, uh, da, da, uh, Mill is is hitting some big suplexes on Puma. Oh uh, excuse me. No, this is the other way around. Puma is doing like these like crazy suplexes on Mill, where he's basically just, like forcibly lifting up Mill's whole body weight. Oh my god, that was insane. sick as hell. I gotta give it to Puma. My man is strong. He's been. And Raining like a and you could tell that this aired and filmed in 2015 because suplex city chants break out suplex city is what uh this is when brock this, this is when brock lesnar was getting over that very phrase in the wwe but coming off of in his wrestlemania match with uh roman reigns in 2015 their very <laughs> first one, and surely their last. Uh, um, yes. uh, a as match he was, that I've definitely not heard so much about over the many years. As he was throwing Roman Reigns around, he at one point yells out during the match, yeah, it's, it's Suplex City, bitch! <laughs> and everybody latched on to that one. Of course they did. It's so fucking stupid. It's ju- it just might work and get over. Yep. So the crowd chanting suplex at him like, yep, it's 2015. (laughs) So, however, they are, they fight 
in the on the apron. Puma is just barely not falling onto this table. Oh yeah. However, uh, Mills like Mills, Mills like we can fix that. I can fix that. Mill spears Puma through through the ropes onto the table on the outside, and they land so where like the table only like half breaks. Not even and, that. They just like kind of clip the corner of the table. Yeah. And, and Mill Muerta says, "I can fix that too." Yeah, yeah Mill's like, well, uh, Mill's just like, let me just even that out a little bit. Yeah. Grabs Puma, picks him up, and just boom. Chucks him all the way down into the table. That whole fucking thing shatters below him. And Holy then, shit. and Mil Muertes then rolls Puma in for the pin, but Puma kicks out. Kicks out. Resilient point, motherfucker. And at this point, I have reminded myself to do a Taylor Swift joke here. Because on oh, commentary, no. they are now talking about, like, what would Conan be saying right now? To Puma to help him through this God. situation. Awesome, I swear to God. Awesome. I and, swear to God. And here's what Conan would have told him. Austin. He would have said, You're on your own, kid. You always have been. Oh, okay. I've I I that's not where I thought you were going with it. I what I thought you, I wanna I wanna know where you thought I was gonna take it. I see this is mostly because like this is the one meme from the new Taylor Swift album that I know because unlike you, I am I am not a Swifty. Um, I am also a, a new when it comes to Taylor Swift, um, if you will. Uh, I thought it was going to be uh, an I'm the problem, it's me joke. <laughs> Conan would never say that. <laughs> well, no, but it would be true. Correct, of course. Yeah. Um, anyway, but yeah, so Puma kicks out, and it's time for him to try some more spots, because uh, as Austin has so aptly pointed out, the, the name of the game tonight is uh, uh, Fuckity Do Spot Fest Arena. No! I, wrote down, I, wrote, I wrote it down Correct. so I wouldn't forget this time. Uh, so, but after after the table pan, bump pin, Mil, I wrote this uh, Strikers lines that I didn't totally hate. Mil Muertes crawling like maggots in the grave. Wait, he actually made a, a potent analogy? What? That was actually kind of poetic. What the fuck? Yeah. Striker. So Mill sets up for another spear. Puma jumps over it. That was so then, sick. He's and, like, he's like charging like a bull and Puma's like, whoop, right over. Nah. And then Puma yeah. does the very legit strategy of if I kick him in the head enough times, he will fall over. I mean, works for me. And then how he does this. He hits the 630 on Mill, stares down Katrina as he's doing it, as if he as if daring her to and, do and something and, about this. And Swinger's over here on commentary directly lampshading how Mill's just how Mill's like, ah, he's in the perfect position for a 630. And it's like, yes, thank you for making us think about how like how convenient that is that that should just get set up sometimes. Um so and then hits the 630. One and, 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 and then well, Stryker's like he's he's gonna end it with the very move he used to 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 win the belt in the first place. And it's like, yes, Stryker, that is how finishing moves work, right? Yes, right. But one, two, two. Mill throws Puma off of him. He did the deal. No one kicks out of the Falcon. I mean, no one kicks out of the six thirty. 
So Puma's like, what the fuck? This is new to ground. I guess I'll just do the 630 again. I think that's so good. I think I'll try it a second time. (laughs) But he misses this one. And then Mil Muertes spears him out of his shoes as he always does. Absolutely. And then the stone is held high. Puma, he, Mil Muertes has got Puma for the flatliner. One, two, three. Kick out! He did the deal! No one kicks, ever kicks out of the sixth... I mean, the flatline. No you one know, has ever kicked out of the flatliner. It's really funny, because ever since you taught me that meme during the AEW women's arc, I mm. I keep memeing on it, and I will just say he did the deal, and no one ever kicks out of the yada yada. I will just say that for random shit. Like, that is stuck in my head. So I was so happy I could, like, actually use it as a line in this show. And then after I wrote down both of those notes, fucking uh, Stryker and Chiavello were literally both like, yeah, no one ever kicks out of the flatliner. Uh, yeah, I don't think anyone's ever kicked out of the 630. <laughs> yeah. They literally did the meme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the match does reach its end. They go up. They're fighting on top of the on the top rope. Mm-hmm. Puma headbutts Mill to knock him off, but then Mill jumps back up and he grabs Puma for a top rope flatliner. Takes him for a ride. One, two, three, and a striker puts it. Champion. And a striker puts it. The age of death, death begins here in Lucha Underground. Yeah, baby. Uh, Katrina, Katrina enters the ring and gives Mill. She gets uh, licking. Oh, she gets a she gets a licking, and of course, she and Mill exchange the uh, oh, we fucking tonight eyes. There, yep. the, uh, and smoke enters the arena as the disciples of de- of death come, and we get a big yes, old our, our, three, our three favorite boys: El, El Barrio Negro, Sinesto de la Muerte, and Mister Biscuits. Yep, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they all come out. They got all th- all four men with the belts. They have they darkness has fallen across the Lucha, land uh, in in the temple. the The midnight hour is close at hand, of course. And then backstage, Lotus is packed. Black Lotus is packing up all the shit in Dario's office. Dario is watching this all unfold and is like, "Dark times are ahead." He is very scared. This is like the most like out of control we've ever seen Dario. And it's insane to look at mm-hmm. Dario. They run out with all their money and shit. And he, but Dario ha- for almost forgets his, his beloved bull red bull statue. We are uh, going to learn. We are going to learn the history of that bull statue. Next I time. think the, uh, that, excuse you. The history is obvious. Dario, of course, loves his fucking energy drinks. Oh, you're right. Absolutely. But the bull uh, is the the bull will have much more significance next year. Yeah, they they kept featuring that shit heavily, and I was like, "Huh, why?" It's a setup. That's it. Ah. We're, we're planning. This is planning. We're gonna pay off to something. I get. I tell you, we will. I, I hey, I believe it. You didn't list the fucking bull amongst the death toll, nor did you list Dario. So. I'm assuming no. that shit's gonna come come into play later. Uh, yeah, so he but grabs, also, man, just like low key abandoning his show. Yeah, he's leaving. We're we gotta get out of here. Don't know why still, but okay. I I want to know like like fucking 
I, I'm excited to find out more about this, like, treaty and this war, because, like, the, uh, El Dragon Azteca, like, the death of Dragon Azteca had exactly zero witnesses who weren't already in on it. Like, it was Dario, who ain't gonna say nothing, uh, Black Lotus, who definitely ain't gonna say nothing, and Matanza, who I'm not even entirely convinced, can speak. So... Well. Well, you know, there. I'd hold off on that before. Well, okay. I wouldn't be surprised if Matanza ended up speaking. No, not like, that part about the idea oh. about like nobody knows as to what happened with Azteca. Well, okay, but no one was there to see. So I want to know like how someone else finds out and how Dario knows that like immediately people know because like what is there like a fucking alarm? Like, is 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 his heart hooked up to an alarm system that once it stops beating, just sends a signal out that goes beep. And like a bunch of people, are like, oh shit! Guess it's war time now. I mean, he is still, I guess, in charge of a gang. So if he doesn't check, if he doesn't check in with them in a, pretty soon, you know. I guess. I but Lotus and and uh, Dario get up in their car. They drive off, and we get there's. They put Matanza in a trailer. Yeah, Matanza with- gets her own like fucking Kate's trailer. Holy shit! And it, and there's a big hole in it though, and we get to see the big the le- the full leather mask. Well, not the full Matanza. leather mask. We see like his but, eyes. You know, his, his, yeah, his eyes and a lot of his face. Yeah, the leather ah, mask so of Matanza Cueto. Yeah, um, and I was like, okay, that's that's nifty. And then we cut to like Phoenix getting in this like fucking super fancy sports <laughs> car. <laughs> phoenix decal on the, on the hood and it's like huh that's neat guess guess phoenix is like fucking drip and why are we following him i don't know but like because the, we're doing because we're now starting a bit where like i'm giving I'm, okay. I'm giving kind of my thought press of like I'm oh like, okay oh, we're, we're looking at phoenix now okay that's weird uh, phoenix gets in his car and drives off and then a mysterious figure in another car starts to follow. I, I thought that was Tahano. I, I was thought it was Tahano because he had the cowboy hat, but like, yeah, dude, faces in shadows. So, like, okay, but like, why? What beef does Tahano have with Phoenix, mm-hmm. if anything? And then they... we cut to the oh my God. there is a swinging light bulb. Oh my God. And Marty is here and he's like, oh, you, think, no. you think I'm a joke? And he is talking to a tied up sexy star. Not, not, not to, okay. So we are in Marty, a kidnapping plot now, folks. Marty is over here going full, like full Joker. Like he, he's literally having like his Joker origin story here. Sexy star is like not tied up is, is too, too light of verbia. She is fucking cocooned in rope. From the they are they are there. If he wanted to, he could. They could tie her up to the train tracks real nice. Oh my god! Like, at, like from her shoulders down to like the soles of her feet, she is covered in rope. It's insane. And but he, and he says, like, "You think you think I'm a joke? You won't be laughing when you meet my sister." And then oh they and god. then like it, he like starts maniacally laughing, and she starts uh, crying for help. And they mix, they mix into each other as the scene fades. You know, yep, that we are in a kidnapping plot now. You know, Austin, when you told me how how much you loved Marty the Moth, 
and how you were convinced I would become a convert to him just as I was to Havoc. I was fully expecting, like, Marty to just kind of, like, become a, an endearing goofball. Oh, oh no. I'm, oh, did I, did, did I give that impression? I'm sorry. You. No, Fuck no, you. no. Uh, Marty, I love Marty because he is a sick freak. So, yeah, I, okay, a- answer, answer me one thing. P- please don't tell me they go, they do, like, psycho with Marty. Like, don't tell me his sister is just him in drag. Please. No, no. Okay. The sis- there okay. is a sister. There is a sister. Okay, good. That, that, that all right, I, I'm slightly less trepidatious. But, yeah, so I guess Marty's a serial killer or something. Whoops. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, no. And now we cut to a, now we cut to a fun old little skit here where the son of Havoc comes out and he's like, and he goes on Helico who's on a motorcycle. He's like, see you out on the open road. We're going to get those titles back. On Helico, yeah. On Helico drives off and then he walks over to Ivelisse who apparently they were sharing the bike on the way in. Yep. And he's like, hey baby, one more ride. And she's like, just get on. Well, she's, but she, she has kind of like the smile. Like, oh, they're dating again. That's yeah. cute. That's nice. They got back together. I'm so happy yeah. for that. And then Aerostar and Drago do like the See? the Predator bro the, handshake. Like, brother. It's been, an, it's been a pleasure. Well, Drago in his insanely pitch-shifted voice. I will see you again one day. Until we meet again. Until and Drago flies off and they shoot off a fireball or something. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Drago, Drago goes off, transmogrifies into a dragon <laughs> off screen because, of course, and fireball and dragon. And then goes- Aerostar walks, the, walks, walks out. And he like blasts off like um like he's Astro Boy or, or Buzz Lightyear or something. You know, and they point, like off screen that one and they just shoot some sparks. You know, you know rocket boosters. And it, it, at this point in Lucha Underground, I don't know why I'm surprised, but that being said, like I, when they said Aerostar was from the stars, I really, really thought that at least for this one, they were no. they were being hyperbolic and giving no. it flavor text. Nope. Guess he's just an alien. Flavor text doesn't exist on this show. It's, everything is legit. If they say it, it's just like the internet. If they say it, they, it must be true. Would someone really do that? Go on Lucha Underground and lie? (laughs) (laughs) No, son. Yeah, so I guess Aerosaur's an alien. Oh, it's gonna, you're, it's a lot more complicated than that, and you'll see. Christ. Aerostar is going to become a very important figure in time. Are you kidding me? We're going to get a whole fucking lore. I, you know, this, this, this. This show was settling nicely into its, like, wrestling, but adds some, like, fantasy elements to it niche. Uh, and now we also have sci-fi thrown in there, too. Why not? Sure. God and then God. we cut to a in an undetermined room Somewhere. where Pentagon is like, where, where are we going now, Master? And Vampiro's response somewhere that's darker a much darker place yeah 
And then a more, uh, oscuro, you might say. <laughs> and then a young man in a hoodie and wearing a dragon Azteca mask. He spray paints a big old question mark on the Lucha Underground billboard. The Riddler, Gaga. Gaga. I didn't know they uh, got the rights to him. Ah, shit. What is this? A crossover episode? <laughs> Riddle me this, Dario. <laughs> riddle then... me this riddle me that who's afraid of... oh man what's how does the rest of this rhythm go the dragon is tat i don't know no nah, because who what's the big bat it's what how's the how's the, who's big afraid bad... of the big bad bat who's afraid of the big bad cats who's a puma <laughs> uh dario's like i don't know am i supposed to be afraid of prince puma yes yes uh, okay and then we get a cool a stylistic shot of like dario is in the temple staring down the camera i don't think this is supposed to represent anything actually happening i don't know yeah no but it's just like we get it we get it yeah, yeah as like the lights slowly fade out behind him and it looks like Dario's like moving forward through the through the hall of this random place without walking. It is a it's a dope shot, yeah, and then like and the lights are drenched in red, and and you it, see his evil smile. And yeah, cuts, and it cuts to to be continued. Wow, that was a lot. God damn, it was. So we are now done with Lucha Underground season one. That's so wild. I can't. Wow. We've, this is like a milestone, dude. God damn. It is. And uh, fantastic show. Been um, so much fun reliving this. And I can't wait till next time because season two was when I was closest following the show as it was airing. Ooh. So I, uh, season two is a shorter season uh this was airing uh, i have a lot of fond memories of this period of time uh and cannot wait to relive it that's so sick mm -hmm. oh my god yeah i'm 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 excited that lucha underground as i've said a million times is just flatly one of my favorite things that we have watched and continue to watch for this show i look forward to it every time it is consistently consistently so very good so well done so so well written so well produced so well performed and worked everything about this show even if i have a ton of like random goofy things that i riff on it's it's just incredible i love that it exists i love that we get to follow this thing all the way through and God damn, if this episode is any indication, season two is about to be even more fucking insane than season one was. Mm -hmm. God damn, we're moving at a breakneck pace here, friends. Yep. Strap in. Yeah, Jeez. we are we are finishing this show to the end. Um eventually, of course. Eventually. Uh next time on this podcast, though, we return to 2005. It is time for one last episode of SmackDown before SummerSlam as Eddie Guerrero has demanded that that Dominic be given over to him for custody. 
He won a dubious court battle for that. Quite for that right. dubious. Very yes. sketchy. Da David's partner is a lawyer. I trust her take on it. Yeah. Uh, tune in next time uh, where I where I give you the uh, uh, everything I can I can squeeze out of her uh, as uh, not legal advice. Yep. However, uh, we. So next time we will be uh, following up on this on the Eddie Guerrero Ray Mysterio uh, Dominic Mysterio custody battle. Absolutely. Until then, David, hit our plugs. Yes, sir. Dear friends, thank you all so much for joining us for yet another episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. We are so happy to have you here. We're turning people. Hey, how's it going? We appreciate, as always, you welcoming us back into your eardrums, your eyeballs, uh, whatever you consume our content. Hopefully not your mouths, but, you know, uh, thank you for being here. Uh, hey, new people, how's it going? Thank you so much as well for being here. We here at the Noobs and Knockouts podcast like to think we are friendly to both noobs and knockouts alike. So whether you are brand new to the wild, wacky world of wrestling or you're a veteran of all this weird bullshit, either way, we hope you've had a great time here. We hope you feel welcome here. We hope you want to keep coming back to have a great time with us week after week after week. If you'd like to do so and you're not entirely sure how, uh, not entirely sure how, well, not to worry, my friends, I have you covered. First of all, you can find us on YouTube. We're the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on YouTube. Hit subscribe, ring that bell, make sure it turns a nice little solid color so you get notifications every single time we drop a brand new episode. Uh, <laughs> give us that sweet, sweet engagement. Check out all of our playlists that Austin has been kind enough to organize into all the arcs that we follow so you can follow something all the way down without having to skip around a whole bunch. You can see our beautiful faces on our video display. It's a great time. Check us out on the YouTubes. But of course, if you are a fan of the audio-only experience, we have you covered over there as well because you can find the Noobs and Knockouts podcast in three of the best places to find your podcast, which of course are Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Come give us a listen there. Download us. Give us a nice little five-star rating if you're so inclined. Maybe even drop a little review. Uh, anything to, to, you know, help you enjoy our show and maybe boost our metrics a little bit, tell some other people and tell the algorithm that, hey, we're pretty cool. Maybe more people should listen to us. I don't know. It's a thought. I'm just saying. All right. On top of that, of course, you can get in contact with us as well. We got some social media friends. Ooh, ah. Of course, you as always, you can find us on the Twitter. Uh, we are at Noobs and Knox Pod on Twitter. That's at Noobs, the letter N, Knox Pod on Twitter. Come check us out there. It's a great time. Memes, discourse. We we post every single time we drop a brand new episode so you guys know what the hell's going on. Highlight of the Twitter is weekly wrestling live tweeting. Uh, Austin's been on a bit of a hiatus from weekly watching for a little bit. I take over when I can, uh, dropping in every Wednesday or as many Wednesdays as I can. Uh, on, of course, AEW Dynamite at 8 p.m. on TBS every single Wednesday. Uh Drop it in there. Uh, and if I've either missed Wednesday or if I just, you know, am watching it and I feel like feel like putting in my two cents, I will also sometimes drop in uh, on AEW Rampage at 10 p.m. on TNT every Friday. It's a good time. On top of that, uh, Austin, of course, likes to cover every single uh, one of the major companies' pay-per-views uh, as part of the, the Twitter live tweeting. So, my friend, what is on the docket coming up? Yeah, so we're we are in that in a period of time without a whole lot of pay-per-views to look forward to, at least not in the near future. As uh, for WWE, uh, this is a bit of a weird one right now. Is is right now uh, the next pay-per-view they have listed is W is Day One, 
set to take place on January 1st. Uh, except it was reported in October that that would have been that they were going to cancel that show, but that hasn't been confirmed by WWE yet. So the next show might end up being the Royal Rumble, or maybe they're going to try to do something in December. I don't know that there's a lot up in the air, but uh, by the time this airs, Survivor Series, by the time this drops, Survivor Series will have already happened. So. As for uh, upcoming pay-per-views, uh, keep keep an eye on that. Because I'm not really sure what show's coming next for the WWE, actually. Uh, Interesting. For, for Impact Wrestling, we have Hard to Kill. Absolutely. On January 13th, there's only one match. And God, please let this match go. There's only one way this match could go, please. As uh, we currently have Josh Alexander, who is basically uh, one of the better best wrestlers on the planet, doing a fantastic job as Impact's champion. He is being challenged by Bully Ray. Oh, oh no! For the that's uh, that's Bubba Ray Dudley. For those of you who are not familiar with his non WWE name, uh, he is the shit in 2023, and it's like in there he's competing for the world title. Fantastic! That's on yeah. January 13th, though, so you know better matches will pop up. You'll love to see it. And for AEW, their next pay per view is March 5th revolution oh uh nothing on that one yet i just know it's gonna be obviously it's like three months away yep gonna be in san fran though good time mm-hmm. anyway uh, yeah yeah that's what we got coming up yeah be sure to check out the twitter guys it's a great time over there if you maybe billionaires shouldn't be able to just fuck around and destroy major media companies true i love the little messages you put here at the bottom buddy it's so great yeah anyway yeah if you if you like listening to us ramble about wrestling come check us out over on the twitter give us some likes we put out some fire fucking tweets guys and not enough people like it it's a true not nothing in this world is more tragic than the than how deeply underrated our twitter is that that's, that's nothing that's Nothing. Absolutely no, nothing. nothing. No greater travesties in this world. Actually, that's the truth. Uh, but yeah, check us out on the Twitter. It's a great time. You'll if you like the show, you'll have fun over there at Noobs and Knox Pod on the Twitter. But of course, if you want to get in super direct contact with us, we have you covered there as well. We got an email address, folks. You can email us at noobs and knockoutspod at gmail.com. That's noobs and the word and knockoutspod at gmail.com. Come say hi to us there. Tell us what you think about the show. Give us uh, suggestions, requests for any kind of wrestling arcs, companies, adjacent media you want us to cover for the show. We'd be more than happy to check it out. Uh, come start some discourse with us. Tell us how based and red pulled our opinions are, how much you think we're fucking idiots. I don't, I don't care. Either way, just whatever it is, come say hi. We love people saying hi. We would love to say, to say hi back. Noobs and knockouts pod at gmail.com. And finally, of course, we, we, we like money. Uh, you can, and if you, if you also would like us to have money, you can give us money. Good news over on our Patreon. Uh, you can subscribe to the noobs and knockouts podcast on Patreon. The link is in our Twitter $1 a month. That's a, that's just a single bone folks. One bone a month gets you early access to episodes and a shout out at the end of each, each episode. Shout out, of course, to our friend of the show, uh, the sugar daddy, Kyle Smith for his support of our show. 
Thanks so much, buddy. We love you. We hope you love your perks. If you want to enjoy some of these perks along with our boy Kyle, come check us out and, and drop us a, a bone on Noobs and Knockouts Podcast on Patreon. Once again, link in the Twitter. See y'all next time. Hasta luego.